Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to our Lord's house this morning. Uh, This morning we begin our worship. Uh, Today is the second Sunday after Christmas. It's not every year that we get two Sundays after Christmas before Epiphany. So this is one of those years. And uh, the lessons today will uh, focus upon uh, God's protection for his people and the truth that God's people uh, suffer. Just like everybody else in the world, we go through times of suffering and times of trial. Uh, We have the story today of Jesus having to flee uh, to Egypt uh, to be protected from uh, the wickedness of King Herod. Our songs today, uh, since it's the second Sunday after Christmas, you'll think it's, uh, you'll think it's Christmas Eve, but uh, we're singing all of our uh, favorite, uh, well, not all of them because we'd, we'd be here all day, but uh, we're singing some of our favorite Christmas songs. So let's begin and sing, O Come All Ye Faithful, hymn 379. The appointed Old Testament reading for this morning is written in Genesis, the 46th chapter. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Then Jacob set out from Beersheba. The sons of Israel carried Jacob their father, their little ones, and their wives in the wagons that Pharaoh had sent them to carry him. They also took their livestock and their goods, which they had gained in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his offspring with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, all his offspring he brought with him into Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The epistle is written in 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will, be, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today, our gospel reading is written in the gospel of St. Matthew, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. When the wise men had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem, and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please join me as we speak together the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, 
the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen risen indeed. Alleluia. Our text this morning from our Old Testament reading in Genesis chapter 46. Then the Lord said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. These are the words of our text, God's grace and his mercy, and his peace be multiplied to you now and forever Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Twenty-two bitter years have gone by slowly. Jacob cannot be consoled. He mourns because of the death of his son, Joseph, his beloved son, a boy with a coat of many colors, a boy of 17, snatched away from Jacob by a wild animal. Or so Jacob thinks. Then Jacob gets Joseph back from the dead, so to speak. You see, Joseph never died, did he? You remember the story. He was sold into slavery by his loving brothers, And they let Jacob, their father, believe and think that Joseph is dead, killed by a wild animal, such boys of great compassion. But now Joseph shows up alive in Egypt. 22 years later, he is the prime minister of the entire country. And Joseph doesn't hold a grudge against his brothers. He sheds tears over them, is reconciled with them, forgives them for all the wickedness they have done, and says to them, God has sent me here ahead of you. What you meant for evil, God worked for good. And then Joseph sends them back to the promised land, 
to get their dad, Jacob, and bring him and the whole clan of Israel, all 70 of them, to Egypt. And quickly, Jacob sets off for Egypt. You can understand that, can't you? And this is where our text starts today. Jacob, also called Israel, is on his way to Joseph. And Jacob can't get there fast enough. But first, he must stop at a place called the Well of Seven, Beersheba, so he can offer sacrifices to God. He offers sacrifices there on the altar that is built by his father Isaac. And he brings to the Lord sacrifices of thanksgiving for God's goodness and his tender mercy and restoring to Jacob his son Joseph. And there at Beersheba, God speaks to Jacob. I am the God the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you into Egypt, and I will bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Jacob is leaving the promised land for the second time. The first time he left running away from his brother Esau, who sought to take his life, and now he leaves the land of Abraham and Isaac. Jacob is going into exile, and God gives to Jacob some promises. The first thing God says to Jacob is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go down into Egypt. Now we know that Egypt will be a place of immediate blessing for Jacob and his family, for there is plenty of food there. Joseph is there to watch over them and protect them, but it will become for them a place of great suffering and sorrow and slavery. A time will come when the baby boys of Israel will be killed at birth. They will be thrown into and drowned in the waters of the Nile River. And Egypt will become a harsh land, a land that is filled with hard taskmasters. We've read the first few chapters of the book of Exodus. And what started out as a blessing now becomes bitter for the people of God. But God says to Jacob, go down to, go down to Egypt. Go down there and don't be afraid. Go anyway. Go even though suffering and death awaits. Go. How can Jacob do that? He goes because he has a promise from God. God will make Israel into a great nation. Like the stars of the sky or the sand on the shore, they will grow in numbers, and from their numbers, a prophet will be born. A savior will come, and he will redeem the world from sin and death. He will bear the sins of the world in his own body. He will be crucified and die and rise from the dead. And Jacob believes the promise of the word of God. God will go with Jacob, with Israel, down into Egypt. God doesn't send them away alone. 
Where they go, God will go. God will go into exile with his people. And he will be with them when they suffer. He will be with them during bitter centuries of slavery. But there is more. God will bring them back to the promised land. After a time of exile and suffering, there will be relief and freedom for his people. It will be like death and resurrection. And he will establish Israel once again in the promised land. Something unheard of in the annals of history. But God is not bound by history's way. And the final promise is this. Joseph's hand will close Jacob's eyes. We know from the book of Genesis that Jacob lives for 17 years in Egypt. He enjoyed 17 years with Joseph after Joseph was born before his brothers sold him into slavery. And now Jacob will spend the last 17 years of his life with Joseph. And Jacob dies, and Joseph is there at his side, and and Jacob's eyes are closed by Joseph. Something Jacob never expected while he mourned those 22 years for Joseph. What a blessed promise that was for Jacob as he waited for the day of his death. But now here's a twist in the story that you don't expect. After speaking this word of promise to Jacob, God is completely silent for the next 400 years. Not a word from the mouth of God. Not a word when Pharaoh is enslaving Israel in Egypt. Not a word from God when the baby boys of Israel are being killed. Not a word from God until God speaks to Moses in the burning bush 400 years later. Not a word until God sends the deliverer to save Israel from Egypt. God is completely silent during Israel's time of suffering for over 400 years. All Israel has during that time is a 400-year-old promise from God that he will bring them up again into the promised land. And then Jacob sets out from Beersheba. He obeys God. He has a promise from God to hold on to, and Jacob believes and he acts upon the word of God. And our text tells us, the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father, their little ones and their wives, in the wagons, the SUVs of of Jacob's day, in their wagons that Pharaoh had sent to carry him. They also took their livestock and goods which they had gained in the land of Cana and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his offspring with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, all his offspring he brought with him into Egypt. They flee the famine and certain death. The whole clan of Israel shows up in Goshen, a people in exile, a people with a promise, a people waiting upon the Lord. This text teaches us 
the truth of Scripture. St. Paul says it this way, God works all things for the good of those who love him. Joseph's brothers worked evil when they sold him into slavery. But God took their wicked act and used it to save Israel from the famine that would come two decades later. Thousands of years later, the brothers of Jesus did a wicked thing. The religious leaders of Israel crucified the Savior. They cried, let his blood be on us and our children. And they nailed Jesus to the cross. But God took their evil deed and used it to save the world from sin and death. He used it to save you from sin and death. For truly, the blood of Jesus is upon you in a good way. His blood cleanses you of all of your sin. His bloody death pays the wages of your sin. His blood-pumping resurrection opens the way of eternal life for you. In baptism, you are washed in the blood of the Lamb. You are raised with Christ to a new life. And you will rise from the dead to everlasting life. As Joseph forgave his brothers in a greater way, in a divine way, God forgives you all of your sin. He reconciles you to himself at the cross of Christ. And now you can be certain. You can be certain that in your life, God will work all things, all things for your good. You won't always see this at the time it is happening, but like Jacob, like Israel, you have a promise from God. And God is faithful to that promise. Jacob believed it, and so do you. And the Holy Spirit gives you faith that fears and loves and trusts in God above all things. The Holy Spirit enables you to trust the Word of God, to trust His Word of forgiveness when you have made a mess out of your life, to trust His Word of life when you stand at the grave of your loved ones, to trust His Word of hope when every day is filled with hopelessness. This morning, God says to you, do not be afraid. For often we are afraid. Our legs are weak, our soul is tired, our hearts are broken. And God says to you, fear not, I am with you. Oh, be not dismayed, for I am your God and will still give you aid. I'll strengthen you, help you, and cause you to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. And God went with Jacob into the land of Egypt that would become a land of suffering and slavery and sorrow and pain. And so also God will never abandon you. In your days of exile, when your suffering is great, when tears and bitterness are your daily companions, when you long for deliverance from pain and sorrow, but it doesn't come, when you feel alone, you aren't. God is with you. And Jesus promises you, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And in faith you say with King David, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And in the dark days, 
often God is silent for you and me too. There is no new revelation from God, no new word from God in the night for us. He has given you his promise in Holy Scripture, a 2,000-year-old promise. And his promise in the word of God in the Bible is all that you have. And it is all that you need, for it is what sustains you. In the dark days of exile in this life, Jesus feeds you. He gives you his body and his blood. He gives into your mouth his very body given on the cross. He pours into your mouth the very blood of Christ shed upon the cross. And in and with and under the bread and the wine, Jesus gives himself to you to sustain you in these dark days, to forgive you all your sin, to give you a foretaste of the feast to come. And so today you come to the altar of the Lord, like Jacob at Beersheba. You come to the Lord, a people in exile, a people with a promise, a people waiting on the Lord. Lord. And as God brought his people, Israel, out of the exile of Egypt and back into the promised land, so he will bring you out of this veil of tears and into his new Eden. He will breathe life into your breathless body. And you will meet Jesus in the air, St. Paul says. Risen and alive, Jesus will give you an inheritance in his new creation that will never perish or spoil or fade away. As God gave back Joseph to Jacob, so he will give back to you your loved ones who died in Christ with saving faith. As God turned Jacob's bitter tears into tears of rejoicing, so he will turn your sorrow into joy at the resurrection on the last day. And with this hope, God closes your eyes in death. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. 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 We sing angels we have heard on high.